Welcome to Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur, where I drink, discuss, and discover the world of distilled spirits. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. This is episode 93, and I'm drinking Rockland Old Iraq Extra Strong. With each episode of Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur, you should expect that I'll be well-researched and educational, also entertaining and consistent in my reviews. I'm able to feature Old Iraq Extra Strong on this episode because my buddy Cody recently returned from Sri Lanka, the island nation where this Iraq is native to, and he was able to select correctly a good brand of Iraq because it varies quite a bit within Sri Lanka. As far as I can tell, Iraq as a spirit type does not have much distribution in the United States. It's certainly not available in my home state of Oregon, so this is a rare bottle for me indeed. You're likely wondering just what is Iraq? Well, I'll provide more detail after the tasting, but in short, it's a distilled spirit made from the sap of the coconut flower. The bottle I have for the tasting is small, at only 180 milliliters. It's the biggest bottle that my buddy Cody says would fit in his luggage on his return flight. So I'll take what I can get, the bottle of Old Iraq Extra Strong, as I said, is 180 milliliters. It is 34% alcohol by volume, making it 68 proof. And with the conversion rate in the local currency, Cody says this bottle was perhaps two US dollars. He said a regular size 750 milliliter bottle would sell for about $10 US. So it's not expensive. It's a clear glass bottle. It's got a rectangular red label on it that is kind of peeling off. That might be because it was in luggage. It says Old Iraq right on the front and then extra strong below it. There's also some palm trees behind it, behind the logo type. The Rockland logo is at the top and Rockland is the distiller. I'll talk more about that. It says Authentic Rockland Premium Iraq matured in wood vats, and then in a script text that's rather difficult to read because it's small on the label, it says 100% pure aged coconut arak, distilled, aged, and bottled by Rockland. Then there's a little bit of legal information about manufacture and some of the local language, which I believe is Singalese on the bottom. It has a small barcode label on the back. The top is capped with a gold tone screw cap with the Rockland logo on it. Overall, it's pretty flask shaped. All right, so this is the moment of truth. I've been waiting to open this bottle. It's the only one I have and I don't think I can get more easily. So let's go ahead and crack it open. Here's the screw cap. Little pop. And as with all spirits on this podcast, I am tasting it neat. I'm using a clean Glencairn glass, and neat is simply straight out of the bottle at room temperature, not diluted. Let's go for a pour. Little glass-on-glass squeakiness there. In the glass, it has a nice, familiar golden-amber color, tinged a bit orange, perhaps, as you get up around the edges, swirling it in the glass, and it's got some pronounced legs on the inside. 
but it doesn't look syrupy or viscous. It looks quite a bit like a whiskey, perhaps, or even an aged rum. Let's try it on the nose. Okay, not overly pronounced uh, nose on it. Let's try it again. Definitely has a flavor. It's reminiscent of whiskey and rum, perhaps. What is this? What does this smell like? So I've been burying my nose in this glass and I'm having difficulty pulling out flavor notes that I can describe. It's got a slight creme brulee top note to it, but then you get a really faint nail polish remover, like an ester. It does not burn at 34% ABV. I don't get a strong burn on the nose. It's subdued. It definitely has a, a nose to it. Inhaling deeply, it's pleasant. It's not necessarily whiskey-like. There's no charred oak. There's none of those classic wood flavors coming through on the nose that you definitely can smell a barrel on it. Um, it also does not have like a sweet syrupiness to it. It's made from coconut, and so I might expect some tropical coconut nose to it, but that is not there either. Perhaps a bit of spice. I've been inhaling so deeply on it, trying to pick this out. I get a cooling sense. That's the, the alcohol vapors, I think, at this point. But if I had to describe the nose, I might describe the nose as smooth. And that's usually a term reserved for the palate. All right. So moment of truth. Let's try it on the palate. Hmm. Hmm. That is interesting. Oh, I'm getting a nice, on the finish, there's a nice, almost a chocolatey caramelness to it. I got to try it again. Right on the front of the palate, on the first taste, you get a little bit of a familiar rumness to it, but then... Ah, there's, there's like, how do I describe this? I'll admit I had to pause the recording and I've been sitting here for the last few minutes drinking most of this pour, trying to discern the flavors on the palate and bring them to words that I can share with you. In short, it's very easy drinking. It's got a nice flavor. It's almost reminiscent of coconut water with rum. There's no spice or fire to it. And you get a wood flavor that's almost like you had soaked wood in alcohol, but it's not an oakiness or there's no charred wood flavor to it. It's almost as if you're in a fancy lumberyard looking at exotic hardwoods, that kind of aroma in the air you almost get in the glass. 
and it's it's got an interesting bouquet and it changes when you get air into your mouth when you're drinking it when you open your mouth when you go to swallow it it's it's interesting i will say it's mysterious tropical it does have a tropical sense to it i pick that up it doesn't feel heavy feels light tropical kind of coconutty but not coconutty man this is mysterious and the it's got a floralness to it without being perfumey i'm gonna admit that i don't have the vocabulary to describe the flavor nuance of this spirit it's somewhat familiar to others i've had but definitely stands on its own there is no vision for me that's like oh this tastes like a version of that it's its own thing it's old iraq so let's just jump into history the producer of Old Iraq Extra Strong is Rockland. They happen to be the oldest commercial Iraq distiller in Sri Lanka. But before I get into this particular bottle in too much detail, let's talk a little bit more about what Iraq is. Iraq, as I've been drinking it and referring to it in this episode, is specifically from Sri Lanka and is spelled A-R-R-A-C-K. The word derives from the Arabic word Iraq, spelled A-R-A-K in English characters. And this creates confusion with other drinks pronounced the same or similar in English. Specifically with Iraq, that's produced in the Middle East from raisins and anise seed, making it much like ouzo and anise-flavored drink. Iraq in the Arabic language comes from Iraq with a Q, and translates to perspiration. But in use, it's been applied to many alcoholic drinks across the world, from Raksha in the Balkans to Raki in Turkey, simply used as a way to describe distilled spirits regardless of type. In English, this may be similar to the way that we call distilled spirits liquor. However, for Iraq of Sri Lankan origin and parts of India, there's also evidence that the name derives not from the Arabic Iraq, but rather from the Araka nut, a palm seed from the Araka tree used to produce this type of distilled spirit. Naming can be tricky, and depending upon where you are in the world, ordering Iraq may get you a completely different drink. If you're in the Indian state of Goa at a certain time of year, you may get a moderately alcoholic drink made from cashew apples called Urak, with a U at the beginning. Enough etymology, let's get to the history of Rockland's Old Iraq Extra Strong. One thing I will note up front is this Iraq is produced from the sap of coconut flowers, and it's also a very old spirit and likely has been made for centuries. Some sources claim it dates way back to the 5th century. Rockland Distilleries was founded in 1924 on a family estate, a pioneering venture to produce high-quality Iraq. Pioneering because the founder accepted a British government contract to produce Iraq on a commercial scale. Part of this included the procurement of a custom-made still from a French manufacturer, along with other innovations. Iraq was transformed from a crude liquor to the smoother and more sophisticated drink it's known as today. For almost a century, Rockland Distillers has remained family-run and the fourth generation is at the helm now. 
When the distillery was founded, Sri Lanka was known as Ceylon and was a British-ruled colony. The island nation gained independence in 1948 as the Dominion of Ceylon, part of the Commonwealth of Nations, and shared a monarch with Britain. And then in 1972, the country became a republic within the Commonwealth and changed its name to Sri Lanka. Politically, much has changed since Rockland was founded, but the distillery remains in the same location. Many other world events have happened, including the devastating tsunami in 2004, but thankfully, the distillery was unharmed. The Rockland Distillery's logo is that of two men standing at a bar, facing each other, raising a glass. Old Rock brand is one of the most popular in Sri Lanka of pure coconut arak. Rockland Distilleries introduced a premium brand of Iraq named Ceylon Iraq that was introduced to the UK in 2002. This is the brand most commonly found outside of Sri Lanka. This small bottle of old Iraq extra strong is decidedly rare in the United States. That's about all I know of the history of the brand, but what makes this Iraq so special is the way it's made. So let's dive into how it's made. Production is a fascinating process. There are several YouTube videos showing the process, and I will link them all in show notes. I recommend that you view at least one. Several are in English, one is not. Iraq all starts with plantations of coconut palms and the harvesting of coconut flower sap. This is referred to as toddy in Sri Lanka and is in essence a palm wine. A man whose job title is Toddy Tapper will harvest the sap from the unopened coconut flower blossoms from the top of the trees. To do this, he's equipped with a small wooden mallet of sorts that he uses to beat the flower bud about a hundred times. He also carries two specialized knives. The primary one is what I'd best describe as a inverse hatchet. It's a type of one-handed draw knife where if you imagine a hatchet, the blade and the handle connect, the underside of that blade is highly sharpened and it's a flat half moon shape. It's sharpened routinely and the toddy tapper uses that edge to pull and cut the tip of the unopened bud. Additionally, the toddy tapper has strapped around his waist a large pot or vessel to hold the sap. Barefoot and shirtless in the tropical climate, he first needs to reach the flower buds that are way up in the crown of the coconut palm. That may be as high as 200 feet for really mature trees. To reach the top of the trees, the first tree he'll climb has a rudimentary ladder affixed to it, which is made by lashing parts of coconut husk to the trunk of the tree with palm fronds, creating footholds from the coconut husks. In this manner, much like a utility worker would scale a power pole in the USA, the toddy tapper climbs up to the top of the tree. Once up there, and with no safety lines, he'll find the coconut flower bud which may weigh as much as 10 kilos. He'll thump it with the mallet to get the sap flowing, then skillfully carve the tip off of the bud. At the top of each tree, a small clay pot has already been brought up, and this is lashed to the tip of the flower bud with a freshly picked palm frond and left for the sap to collect a single bud may yield as much as two liters of sweet sap. 
And to make the work more efficient, the toddy tapper does not descend to the ground to get to the next tree. No, these plantations have the trees connected by rope bridges. It's like a high wire act. The toddy tapper will move from tree to tree along a coconut frond rope for his feet and another for his hands, moving skillfully through the air from tree to tree, tapping several during each ascent. Once the clay pots have caught the sap and are full, the flower buds stop producing sap and the smaller pots are either dumped into the larger vessel the toddy tapper has strapped to his waist or the pots are lowered to the ground on long ropes. The toddy, or sap, is so naturally sweet and there is such abundant natural yeast present, the liquid begins to immediately ferment, reaching 1-2% ABV almost immediately Within 24 hours, it may be 4-5% ABV. Once collected, the toddy is filtered through a coconut husk to remove bees and debris that have found their way into the sweet fermented liquid. It can be consumed fresh and often is, but if destined for Iraq, the toddy is taken and fermented in large batches. For transport, it's barreled and taken to the distillery. And once arriving at the distillery, it is dumped into larger fermenting vessels. It's transported the same day that it is harvested. After the natural fermentation is completed, the liquid is destined for distillation. Rockland uses multi-story column stills for distillation, and I suspect that distillation is done at a low enough proof to leave a lot of the flavor in the spirit. After distillation, the new spirit is then aged for some time in large wooden vats made from the indigenous halmilla tree. Rockland even grows their own halmilla trees as part of their commitment to environment and sustainability. Halmilla has a density similar to that of oak, but aging in the halmilla vats is what lends the taste, aroma, and color to the raw arak making it ready for blending and bottling. Critically, as far as I can tell, these vats are not charred on the inside, and the halmilla tree doesn't seem to produce an overly pronounced flavor. Unless, of course, the flavor of Old Iraq Extra Strong is indeed halmilla wood vats. Might be. After aging is complete, which may be months or years, I'm not entirely sure, but it does seem to rest for quite some time and mature in the vats. The various vats are blended by the master distiller, and then the factory has, of course, a lab for quality control, and they have a very modern bottling line. Rockland's Distillery is the first certified green distillery in all of Sri Lanka, carrying a LEED certification. All waste at the distillery is naturally reused, including water remediation for cooling, and even some of the fuel used is wood waste. Arak is the flagship product made at the Rockland Distillery, with half a dozen different brands and bottlings, but they also produce some brandy, gin, rums, and a pair of whiskey. While I haven't looked into the process of production for the other products, I can say with confidence that the Old Iraq Extra Strong is 100% natural and made only from 100% coconut flour toddy that's been distilled and aged in the Halmilla vats. And the fact that it's made from 100% coconut sap is what makes it a quality Iraq. Many Iraqs are sold as a blend 
with only a small portion of true coconut toddy in them. In fact, Rockland does produce other brands of Arak that contain as little as 3% actual Arak, blended with a neutral spirit and spices are added. But for the true flavor of Arak, the pure coconut is the way to go. The Old Iraq Extra Strong is bottled and sold locally in Sri Lanka. The Ceylon Iraq brand is the one that you'll most likely find via their export market. And the question of Extra Strong, this Extra Strong, the red-labeled version, is a higher-proof version of the original Rockland Old Iraq, which is only slightly less potent. But the Extra Strong... I guess is the higher proof version. But even 34% ABV, it's not that stout. It's, I guess, just a little off of a typical whiskey or a vodka. 40% ABV is what we're normally used to here in the United States. But that's the process of a man climbing a palm tree, (laughs) cutting a flower bud open, collecting the sap. The sap they refer to as toddy goes to the distillery, continues fermentation, it's distilled, and then it's aged in Hamilla wood vats, then it's blended and bottled in ta-da. There, see, I could have told you the whole how it's made in about 10 seconds. Okay, on to cocktails and consumption. I say drink it neat. That is how I am going to drink it. Certainly because I've got, I don't know, 120 milliliters left. I'm getting down there. I don't have a lot. So I'm going to enjoy it on its own. They do say that you can treat a rack like you would a whiskey. You can add a rock or two of ice to it or whiskey stones if you want a real rock, but that's silly. The signatures serve on the Rockland website for their old rack extra strong is what they uh, recommend you do 50 milliliters of the extra strong old Iraq with 100 milliliters of king coconut water, 15 milliliters of lime juice, and 20 milliliters of sugar syrup, coconut flack, I don't know what that is. Shake it all up and strain it into a tall glass. Essentially, Iraq, coconut water, touch of lime, and some sugar. So in summary, what do I think of old Iraq extra strong? This is precious stuff. I'm not going to be able to get more easily. I mean, not quickly anyway, or inexpensively, I'll say that. It's also really good. It's it's a bit of a conundrum to describe the flavor. It's similar in feel to rum, but also has some kind of whiskey notes to it a little. I don't know. It's more reminiscent of rum, but with the unique bouquet to it and it's really easy drinking i could down this whole bottle no problem it also has perhaps the best harvest story or you know base material that a distilled spirit is made from i've covered many liqueurs that have just a super complex process or it's really secret recipe and there's a lot of skill that goes into production i mean everything from like linea aquavit that's actually shipped around the world and crosses the equator twice as part of the maturation process, or a more famous liqueur like chartreuse that is an actual secret recipe made by monks with 130 botanicals in it. Who knows? That is a lot of effort goes into that. But I think Iraq is the prize for the most effort for the base input, the raw material, if you will, that is then distilled 
You have men climbing palm trees to then cut open a flower bud before it has bloomed to collect the sap. And then they distill that. I mean, you think of a whiskey, they're just harvesting grain. Vodka is made out of whatever, any sort of starch or sugar. This is truly a difficult sugar to get to then allow the natural yeast to digest and turn into ethanol. But it's beautiful in the videos. You must watch some of the YouTubes linked in show notes. So that's going to do it for this episode of Liquor in the Core Connoisseur. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. Please subscribe and share. Show notes are on liquorinthecoreconnoisseur.com. You can also find the show on your favorite podcast platform. The show is also on social media. Be sure you're following me on Instagram and Facebook. I love hearing from my listeners. I'm always looking to explore the next new spirit. So if you've got something that you would like me to try, please do let me know. And if you are somewhere in the world and you have access to a rare spirit or rare to me like old Iraq from Sri Lanka, please do get in touch. And as always, thank you for listening.